In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Breathe in us, O Holy Spirit, that all our thoughts may be holy. Act in us, O Holy Spirit, that all our work, too, may be holy. Draw our hearts, O Holy Spirit, that we love what is holy. Strengthen us, O Holy Spirit, to defend all that is holy. Guard us, then, O Holy Spirit, that we always may be holy. Our Lady, Seat of Wisdom, pray for us. St. John the Beloved, pray for us. When we hear the splinter in the eye and the plank in the other, it's easy for us to think that there's a question of justice at stake. How dare you point out the beam in your brother's eye or the splinter in your brother's eye when there's a, a plank in your own eye that's just not right. Right, get your act squared away and then, then we'll listen to you. It's, it's not just about having moral authority. Think of it on another level. Right, how can you even see the splinter in his eye when there's a plank in your own eye? How can you recognize what's a problem and what's not a problem when there's already so much afflicting you? And that, that's also true, but not all of it. What our Lord is telling us is that we need to be sanctified in order to be able to sanctify. Sanctifying isn't about just saying the right words, and it's not about knowing the truth only. The devil knows all the truth. He does, doesn't care, and he doesn't love. So when we, when we consider what the Lord is implying by saying, remove the splinter in your eye, He doesn't say that, does he, brother? When the Lord says, remove the wooden beam from your eye first, he's not actually giving you a task. He's not telling you to do something that you can do on your own. He's making it even that much more abundantly clear. You need to allow God to sanctify you. You need to let the Holy Spirit take you over. This won't be something that you're able to do on your own. Then you, you will be of use to the kingdom. Then we can be apostles for Christ. It's, it's, with, with the Holy Spirit in us, then we're able to, to continue his work. And to do, to do something pleasing in the sight of God, because what's pleasing to God is God. What's pleasing to God in us is when he sees God in us. Or more specifically, what pleases God the Father is to see us become more like his son, through whom we were adopted because of the work of the Holy Spirit. What delights perfect love? Nothing but perfect love. 
We see this emphasized towards the, towards the bottom of this gospel passage. A good person out of the store of goodness in his heart produces good, but an evil person out of a store of evil produces evil. As Dom Chatard says in the soul of the apostolate, we have to be people of interior lives, people of prayer, people of meditation. Otherwise, all the works that we do or all the programs that we do are just games and gimmicks. They may have short-term benefit, but they'll have no power to change others and to change the world. In a reference to a Spanish philosopher of the 19th century and a, probably the, the most famous preacher of the, of the church, although least known currently of the 17th century in France, Bishop Bossuet, Dom Chatard says this in the soul of the apostolate, quote, those who pray, said the eminent statesman Donoso Cortez after his conversion, do more for the world than those who fight. And if the world is going from bad to worse, it is because there are more battles than prayers. Hands uplifted, said Bishop Bossuet, rout more battalions than hands that strike. And in the midst of their desert, the solitary monks of Egypt often had burning in their hearts the same fire that animated St. Francis Xavier. They seemed to some, St. Augustine, to have abandoned the world more than they should have. But people forget that their prayers, purified by this complete separation from the world, were all the more powerful and more necessary for a depraved society. It's not just that the more we have on our plate, the more we need to pray for the sake of balance and sanity. But as people of faith, as you are, the, the more that you are doing, the more challenges you are confronting, the greater needs to be the, the depth of grace, the holiness in you to be able to prevail. It's not our words and it's not our actions that change people. It's their being in the presence of someone who carries the presence of God. So Lent being just a few days away is the opportunity for us to rededicate ourselves to that life of interiority, that life of mental prayer, that life of meditation that begins the day and changes everything else. It's not as though that there, there are some people whose job is to pray and they go to the deserts of Egypt or to the mountaintops of the monasteries and the convents and then there are the rest of us who work. Everyone prays and everyone works. Those of us who work thinking we don't need to pray are lost. And don't think that anyone gets away without working. 
their, their work in the monastery, in the convent, is offering up penances and sacrifices. But in prayer, we're joined in the exact same prayer. We pray the exact same liturgy of the hours every day. We pray the exact same mass at the altar. Ask the Lord then, not just to give you better sight, but ask the Lord to dissolve everything in you. that prevents him from being fully alive. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.